Welcome once again. It's time for some sales pipelines to grab your board, catch a wave, and let's ride out into the surf with our surf rider, Matt Hines. How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing good today here. We're uh, just, uh, it's a little hazy. I'm not sure if it's going to be a good day or bad day here in SoCal. Well, we are we are uh, doing the show. I am in live in uh, beautiful Cleveland, oh, Ohio. Today. Love it, Cleveland, um, Ohio. You going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I was there on Tuesday <laughs> Tuesday evening. We had a party there to start the conference. I'm here for Content Marketing World, the annual uh, Content Marketer Let Our Geek Flag Geek, geek Flag Fly yeah. event. Uh, <laughs> me and 4,500 other uh, content marketers, consumer B two B, the whole gamut. Uh, and um, it's it's been a good it's been a lot of fun. The weather the weather has cooperated. Lots of good learning. Lots of new ideas. Anybody and, talking uh, about podcasting or anything here, or what what we're doing, or is that still on the frontiers of content creation and management? Oh no, I mean it's it's every year I continue to be impressed at the the level of channel diversity that we see at this conference. I mean I think a lot of content marketers that may be new to the space think of this as oh you got a blog and you do your written content. Right. A lot of podcasts, a lot of uh, video blogging, a lot of lot of YouTube strategy. Um, you know, right. I think there's 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 one gal who's who's uh, I think we've had a, we've we've talked about on the show quite a bit. Anne Hanley, uh, she's the chief uh, marketing officer at uh, and one of the co-founders of Marketing Prof. She wrote a book called Everybody Writes, and she said once to me, she said, "Everything the light touches is content." Hmm. And so if you think about that way, it's interesting. You start to think, okay, well, you have your blog, sure, but then you've got your videos, you've got your podcast, you've got your audio recordings, you've got what your sales team says on the phone. I mean, it's all content. Exactly. So um, fascinating stuff here. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. Appreciate everyone that's joining us live on the Sales Lead Management Radio Network. If you're joining us on the podcast, thank you for subscribing. And uh, we are here every week. Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, focusing on the best and brightest ideas and thinkers in the world of B2B sales and marketing. Today, I am really excited. We've got a great guest and a great topic to cover today. Uh, we have Daniel McGinn, who is the senior editor of Harvard Business Review and the author of the brand new book, Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Hi, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I, I really want to I want to talk about this new book um, and talk a little bit about Harvard Business Review as well. But like maybe let's start with the book. You know, where where did this come from? Did, did the, the idea of this book come from some of the work you've been doing uh, on the Business Review? Or kind of talk about where this came from and uh, and why this why you chose this topic? Sure. The book actually comes from three different uh, origin points. The first was in high school, I was a football and basketball player. I wasn't very good at either of the sports. I spent a lot of time on the bench. But I became fascinated by the things that the coaches and the players would do in the locker room to get themselves psyched up for the game. So this was sort of a, a teenage fascination of mine. When I became an adult, the second thing that happened is I would occasionally meet people in their professional lives, doctors, lawyers, accountants, what have you, who had sort of a similar psych-up ritual before their most important moments at work. So I saw some carrier over here. And then the third thing is, that happened is when I came to Harvard Business Review and became an editor, I started to see academic research that focused on this idea that if you do a certain set of things in the final moments before you perform an important activity, you might be able to change the trajectory and do a little bit better. So those are the three origins of it. Interesting. Uh, I think when people, when I think about mental preparation, you know, I, I think about just getting myself organized, getting myself ready. I mean, psych, psyching myself up is one thing, but what are the elements of mental preparation that you found are most prominent in the people that do it successfully? 
Well, first I draw a line between what I would consider practice and what I would consider getting psyched up. So let's use music because it's a, it's a simple example. If you want to play the piano at Carnegie Hall, you know, getting yourself psyched up is not going to be very useful if you haven't spent thousands of hours actually becoming proficient at the piano. So if you're in sales, knowing your product, knowing exactly what you want to say during your sales presentation, knowing how to listen to customers and answer questions and sort of command the room, those are all the substantive practice of what you want to do. When I think about psyching up, I think about smaller tweaks to your emotions and your mindset before you go in the room to incrementally increase the odds that you're going to be successful. So I think of things like techniques to to turn down your anxiety level, to turn up your confidence level, and to get your energy level right where you want it to be to give the perfect pitch. So let's talk about a couple areas of that. And I think focus for me is a big part of mental preparation. And a lot of people that get prepared, that, that, that you know, put themselves in a situation to be successful and to focus and to perform uh, can sometimes lack focus in the moment. We have you know alerts and all kinds of other distractions flying at us. How important is focus as a part of executing on that preparation? And w- what can people do to, to, to be better at, de- at, at delivering that focus for themselves? So no question. Um, if you think about the opposite of focus would be distraction, and distraction is only going to hurt your performance in just about anything you do. So anything you can do to tune out those distractions and increase your focus is going to pay off performance-wise. One set of things you can do to try to tune out those other things is come up with a pre-performance routine or a pre-performance ritual. This is very common in athletics. If you watch Olympic sports, if you watch golf, before those athletes do their activity, they tend to engage in a sequence of thoughts and actions that are the same way every time. It helps them recall the practice that they've done to become world-class at what they do. It helps them tune out those distractions. It's sort of like the the firing sequence of turning something on. Uh, And it's something that professionals can learn to do too. You know, in the book, I describe a neurosurgeon who before he goes into brain surgery, he has about a five minute ritual that he does the same way every time. It helps him tune out what was going on before he walked into the OR and it gets rid of those distractions and increases the focus. We're talking again today with Daniel McGinn, who's the author of Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed. You can find the book on Amazon. Uh, It's available. It's fantastic. It's lots of great stories. The work you've done on Harvard Business Review, did that give you a lot of sort of the input for this? I know, know, for instance, you you do a lot of work um, on the best performing CEOs in the world annual ranking for HBR. Um, You know, does that uh, does that play into this? Was that an impetus and an input for this as well? Yeah, it does. Um, Not so much the CEO ranking, but other kinds of research that come out of not just Harvard Business School, but other Harvard, other institutions. I can give you a couple examples. Um, Probably the best known example of research that fits under the heading of mental preparation would be the work that Amy Cuddy of Harvard Business School has done on power posing. Um, She has a TED Talk that's been watched like 41 million times. It's the most watched TED Talk in the history of the series. Her research shows that before a high stakes event, if you do certain poses with your body, very dominant poses, like with your legs apart, and your hands on your hip, they call it the Wonder Woman pose, that not only does it make you feel more powerful and more confident, but she's actually done studies of biochemistry. It actually changes your hormone levels in ways that makes you more confident. So that's one example. But out of our business school here, there's been research on group rituals before performance. There's been uh, studies of ways to reduce your anxiety before you're on an onstage performance. So 
even though we think of business schools as studying like strategy and marketing and these big topics, they do study personal performance, and a lot of the studies at places like that helped fuel this book. Well, you, you you talk about rituals. I think in the book you literally call it meaningless rituals, which I, I think what what you mean by that is that you know they really don't have no bearing bearing on what's about to happen, but they're they're clues. They're, are they they're mental triggers really, right? Because they, they they really sort of get you in the mindset, you know, make you make you calm down a little bit and put you in the right zone to perform your best. Yeah. So there have been studies, especially in sports, there's been studies across sports that people who have a routine, who do the same thing every time before they perform, they just do better. So, you know, it's sort of a proven thing. And I'd argue that it's time to take those out of just the sports arena and move them into our professional lives. You know, think about if you're about to make the sales call that's going to either make or break your quarter. You're sitting in the waiting room waiting to go in. You have a couple of choices at that point. You can, you know, run through your presentation in your head for the 10,000th time. You can sit there being nervous, or you can have a set of routines that helps you increase your confidence. So one of the things people will often do is recall their greatest hits. You know, think back to a moment when you just crushed it in your field of endeavor. You know, before I got on with you today to talk on the radio, I went back and listened to the best radio interview I ever did because it sounds really good. And it reminds me, hey, on a good day, you can really crush this. That sort of makes me feel more confident. It increases the odds that I'm going to be able to perform well today. So in our own lives, I think it's important to find things that you can do in those final moments that will help you be more constructive. I love it. I love it. There are so many great stories in this book, and I really encourage folks to get a, to pick up a copy and read it for yourself. But uh, yeah, before we have to take a break, and because today, as we record this Thursday, it is the first day of the new NFL season. The the world champion New England Patriots will be kicking off their season this evening at home. You've got a story in the book about the New England Patriots hiring a DJ from the Red Sox to help them win. Share a little bit of that story for, for folks, please. Sure. There's a guy. So I'm I'm located outside of Boston. My I'm right now, I'm about a mile from Fenway Park. The Red Sox have a DJ who picks all the music during batting practice, during pregame, between innings, and he helps the Red Sox players with their walk-up music, the songs that they hear while they're walking to home plate. So he's really an expert in helping pick songs that amplify what's going on, that get the energy level right in the ballpark. A few years ago, the Gillette Stadium, the Patriots fans were not particularly happy with the music. They tended to play the same set of songs over and over and over. So they brought the Fenway DJ over. They gave him a tryout. It went really well. So now he goes back and forth. He's, he'll be at Gillette tonight playing, choosing songs and playing them at moments when he thinks that he can amp the crowd up and that that crowd energy is then going to help the players in the field. So it really does have a, a part of the home field advantage we enjoy there. I mean, this is really a lot about emotion, too, right? I mean, like it is in, in the, you know, whether you were talking about the meaningless rituals or just, you know, listening to a song that just quote unquote gets your juices flowing, emotion and in some cases sort of irrational response to music like that, it plays a real role here, whether you're cheering on your team or going into that sales call. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, even though we're in a very modern economy now and our jobs in some ways are very sophisticated. We're still biological creatures that haven't changed that much since we were roaming the savannas, and we still have that fight-or-flight instinct programmed into us. So when we get into a situation that we perceive there to be a threat to us, and that doesn't need to be a threat to our mortal existence. It could be a threat to our livelihood, like you know, not succeeding at work. Uh, we're going to get hit with adrenaline, and 
that adrenaline can either hurt our performance or help our performance. And a lot of how we deal with it is determined on the emotions we have. Are we going to let the anxiety chip away at our performance or are we going to try to use energy and confidence and try to help it amplify our performance? So you're right. Emotion is really it's how we deal with that threatening situation and whether we're able to avoid the distractions and the negatives of it. Well, and you raise the issue of the double-edged sword there, right? I mean, think when you get psyched up, when you get emotional, it's easy to channel that into either good or bad outcomes. And sometimes when you are emotional, you're you're sometimes not at your best decision-making ability. So to be able to do that in the right focused area and then harness that in the way, in the, in the way that you need it is really, really important. Great stuff today. We got Daniel McGinn on Sales Pipeline Radio. He's the author of Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed. We got to take a quick break and pay some bills. We're going to come back, talk a lot more about the book. We're going to be talking. I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to have Daniel tell a story about Stephen Colbert's pen. We're going to talk about what happens when you over-prepare and if that's possible and what you could do to avoid that. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Are you having trouble aligning your sales and marketing teams? To see positive results from your sales development efforts, you need to build a repeatable, scalable marketing and sales engine that unites both groups. Work towards common goals as a team, not just an individual. Get the recording for the Modern Marketers Workshop, Sales Development, The Essential Building Blocks for Revenue Growth, a fully online, on-demand workshop that includes an interactive workbook, the presentation slides, and templates, all for $195. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and get started now. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide, to what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at HeinzMarketing.com. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing pipeline, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, and tactics you can put to work right away. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in on and tackle a problem you're solving right now. Then you can come back when you need something else. Download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. All right, let's get back to uh, Matt and his guest. And before we do, I just want to say I've learned something from listening to this show already here. As the engineer, I think I'm going to have some little uh, pieces of music that I'm going to, if the interview is lagging or sagging, I'm just going to jump in there like the DJ at the stadium and start playing music here to pump out the crowd here. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't make the. It's going to be like the the orchestra at the Oscars. You're like going to whisk us off. Okay, that'll <laughs> yeah, be that, enough, that guys. Just move along. Uh, yeah, no, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, this is such a fascinating topic, right? Because I think you know whether it's music. I mean, I, when I was growing up playing baseball, I had a song, a Metallica song, a specific song I would listen to before I went and played, and I'd play it at full blast, and it really just got me pumped up. Um, you know, I I want to I want to talk a little bit about bacon here relative to that in a second. But uh, if you are enjoying this conversation, you will probably enjoy a lot of conversations we have here on sales pipeline radio uh you can join us live every thursday 2 30 eastern 11 30 pacific if this is new to you you can subscribe on our podcast at the itunes store and google play and every episode is available on demand every episode we've ever recorded of sales pipeline radio is at salespipelineradio.com. coming up next week we've got anthony ian narino one of the most innovative one of the most forward-thinking sales writers bloggers speakers today we're gonna be talking about his new book the lost art of closing following anthony we've got liz pierce 
years. Liz is the CEO of the startup Liquid Planner, a project management company in Seattle. She started at the company as a marketing consultant. She became the head of marketing. She became the COO, and she is now running the company. We're going to be talking about how you can treat a marketing uh, and sales uh, role and turn that into a leadership position. And coming up in October, we just booked Rand Fishkin, the wizard of Moz, the founder of Moz, and one of the most innovative thinkers uh, in the SEO space. So lots of great guests coming up. More today, though, with Daniel McGinn. He's the author of the book, uh, Psyched Up, How the Science of Mental Preparation Can Help You Succeed. And I, I want to talk a little bit about humor. Uh, you know, so I, when I was growing up, the church Daniel that I went to, the pastor, whenever he, he go up, went up to give his sermon, he would start with a joke. Sometimes that joke had something to do with his message. Oftentimes it didn't. Um, but what, when I asked him about it once, he says, "Well, you know, people like to laugh, and people enjoy it." But he said it also calms me down. He said I get nervous whenever I go up to give a sermon. I want it to go well, and telling a joke makes me laugh, makes me comfortable, gets the, gets the congregation to laugh. And I've incorporated that when I present now. I I, I will literally offer to people a recipe for my award winning bacon and. And I've got pictures of the bacon and I talk about bacon and I've got some little sticky kind of things, but it calms me down. It makes me comfortable. It gets the audience smiling and laughing. And so it's, it's some of that I think is related to preparation, but it also is one of those. I, I, I think about it also, whether it's a meaningless ritual or whether it's just sort of a, a tact that that sort of gets me where I want to go and raises my confidence level. Talk about humor as a part of this. Do you find that humor is an element that people use to as part of mental preparation? Yeah, it can be. There's a risk associated with humor, especially if it's a joke you haven't told a lot before and you don't know whether it's going to go out well or not. Uh, the tactic you're describing to me, it reminds me of something I talk about in the book, which is the use of what they call autopilot. So one of the mm. things you need to do when you're getting psyched up is to decide whether this is the kind of activity that you'll be better off if you can just turn your brain off and not have to think. So I met a guy who's uh, running a venture back company. So he's pitching the company a lot. He's on a lot of important sales calls. And he's found a way that for no matter what the audience is and no matter what the specific topic he's supposed to be speaking about at an event, he uses the same three-minute opening every time. And it's a thing he's done probably 600 times at this point. So he can just turn his brain off he knows it cold. He knows exactly where the pauses are, where the last lines are. It's well tested. And I think you're right that basically what you're saying is as soon as the audience gets comfortable that you know what you're doing and that this is going to be a good experience for them, the temperature in the room just changes a little bit. He uses this sort of autopilot opening to get past that point where everybody's just relaxed. They give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think humor can be one way to open with that. Autopilot is another. So speaking of humor, in the book, you have a couple stories about both Jerry Seinfeld and Stephen Colbert and, you know, some props that they use to get to get a laugh. Can you tell, tell quickly the story about uh, Stephen Colbert's pen? Sure. Colbert and Seinfeld, I illustrate them. One of them, Seinfeld, has a very simple backstage ritual. If you watched him, it wouldn't look at all remarkable. It involves putting his jacket on at a certain time before his show and pacing in a certain pattern. Colbert has much more elaborate rituals. He rings a bell. He does certain hand gestures with his people in his company backstage. He chews a pen. He stares at a, a certain spot on the wall. It illustrates the idea that you need to have something you do to calm yourself down to get yourself into this groove. It can be either very simple or it can be, you know, complex and elaborate the way Colbert's is. 
I love that. And I, and I think, you know, some people may have those rituals and not even know it, but knowing that you have it and being able to go to it when you need it, I think is really important. Uh, I, I raised the question before we went to break about over preparation. Um, so I'm here at this conference and, you know, I've gotten to speak with a lot of other speakers who were here. And it's clear that some people totally winged it, you know, just went up and hadn't prepared at all. It's clear that other people just sort of, you know, may have may have gone past the point of diminishing returns and may have just spent too much time obsessing over what they were going to do, trying to get to a point where maybe they felt like they could do the entire presentation on autopilot. Uh, is there a risk of over-preparation, and how do you know where the right balance is? Yeah, I think that's a good point for sure. I think the two things that could happen if you over-prepare are that, number one, if the material becomes too familiar, your energy level is probably going to drag a bit. You know, if I, if I were saying the same things to you that I've said a hundred times right now, I think I wouldn't be as up. I wouldn't come across as authentic. I might be a little bit too robotic with it. So I think the way that over preparation will show is diminished energy. So trying to correct that. The other thing is that, you know, you need to, being confident is a key and it helps your performance in most areas of life. If you've over prepared, there's the chance you could be a little bit overconfident and to come off as a little bit cocky or arrogant. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of an attitudinal sort of thing that I think I would watch about over preparation for that. Got just a couple more minutes here with Daniel McGinn on Sales Pipeline Radio. The author has psyched up how the science of mental preparation can help you succeed. Highly encourage you guys to check this out. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's in a variety of different formats, including Kindle. When I think about psyched up, I mean, as an introvert, I have mixed reactions to that. And I think sometimes introverts, as they think about the idea of getting psyched up, it is repelling to them. Are there different strategies that introverts or people that may be more shy should be following? Or is this really an opportunity to sort of get out of their comfort zone and do something? something that is going to help increase the consistency of their performance in those important situations. I'm an introvert as well, and I'd actually argue that if you're introverted like we are, it's even more important to be able to get psyched up because a lot of the kinds of public performances that our jobs depend on, whether it's you know meeting a new person in an interview setting or calling on an unfamiliar client or you know pitching to a room, those things are harder for introverts to do. So getting them into a process that helps them feel a little bit more confident, a little bit less shy, a little bit more outgoing. I think the ROI for getting psyched up is higher for an introvert than it would be for an extrovert. So I think it's even more important in that case. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right, we have just a couple more minutes. A couple quick questions for you. You, so you have you have been uh, you're a lifelong journalist. You know, you studied studied basically studied journalism. You've been at Newsweek. You've been uh, seven years now at Harvard Business Review. What what's something that you've taken away from Harvard Business Review that I think a lot of people on this podcast you know read on a regular basis, get a lot of great insights on whether or not they have an MBA, whether or not they went to Harvard, just really really valuable. What has that experience taught you uh, by being there? Hmm. I guess um, the two things that come immediately to mind is that if you're facing a managerial problem or a business problem, even if it seems like it's totally unique and one of a kind, there's probably some research out there, some case study, some example of a company or a manager that's been through something similar in the past. Um, you know, there's the old quote that, you know, we want to learn from history so that we don't repeat it. In in business, I think maybe people don't pay enough attention to what's going on in the academy. And I think managers, if they learn to, you know, look at publications and at research that come out of business schools, they're only going to be helped by that. The second thing is I get to deal with a lot of high-level CEOs as part of my job. 
you know, they have the same kind of career stories we have. There were unlikely twists and turns. There was some dumb luck involved. You know, they're very smart, credentialed, established, successful people. But they're just like you and me in the sense that, you know, their lives often had this sort of lucky break at the right moment. Um, so those are two observations from my daily work. Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, I really want to thank our guest, Daniel McGinn, the author of Psyched Up. Uh, definitely check it out on Amazon. Get yourself a copy. Lots of great insights here. If you like this conversation, if you want to share this discussion with other people at your company or some of your peers out in the sales and marketing world, in a couple of days, you will find it completely on demand uh, on, on our on the website at salespipelineradio.com. And we'll have a uh, transcript uh, with highlights of this conversation on the blog at heinzmarketing.com. Make sure you join us next week and every week coming up. we got some great guests coming up in the sales and marketing marketing world. Uh, for my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for joining us. Sales Pipeline. You've been riding along in the Sales Pipeline. Brought to you from Matt Hines Marketing. Right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.